Hello, I'm Rick Cottom. Welcome to Your Maryland. In January 1834, a Baltimore man sent a young slave to St. Michael's. The boy, not yet 16 and named Frederick Bailey, was big for his age and smart. He had enjoyed living in Baltimore, where he had learned to read and had seen many things, but his master feared the combination of intelligence and literacy might prompt Frederick to run off. So he was sent back to a farm on the eastern shore of his birth to relearn what it meant to be a slave. For Bailey, St. Michael's was a bad place. His master there could be cruel, but his wife was even worse. In addition to beatings, she withheld food as a means of discipline. Young Frederick began to steal food, though he hated himself for doing so. His owner then hired him out to a man named Covey, who ran a nearby farm. Covey was a slave breaker. Covey sent the inexperienced Bailey into the woods with a cart and a team of oxen. The oxen stampeded into the trees, nearly destroying the cart and knocking Bailey senseless. When he returned to the farm, Covey immediately took him back into the woods. Stopping at a sapling, he cut off a number of switches and ordered the boy to strip. Bailey refused. Covey tore off his clothes and beat him until he bled. Thereafter, he beat Bailey at least once a week and reduced his rations. After six months, the boy was broken. I was somewhat unmanageable when I first went there, he wrote later, but a few months of this discipline tamed me. Mr. Covey succeeded in breaking me. I was broken in body, soul, and spirit. My intellect languished. The disposition to read departed. The dark night of slavery closed in upon me. One hot day that August, Bailey was fanning wheat with three other slaves when he collapsed. Covey appeared and asked what had happened. Bailey's sick, one told him. Covey walked over to the slumping boy, kicked him, then struck his head with a piece of wood. Covered with blood, Bailey ran into the trees, thinking to tell his master in St. Michael's what the breaker had done. He stayed the night with another slave at a cabin in the forest. The man strongly advised him to go back and gave Bailey a root, claiming that as long as he wore it, Covey could not hit him. The next day, Sunday, Bailey returned to Covey's farm. The charm seemed to work as Covey smiled pleasantly and went off to church. On Monday morning, Bailey was in the barn grooming the horses when Covey walked in, appearing to have forgotten the whole affair. Bailey was sitting in the loft with his feet dangling over the edge, when Covey grabbed his ankles and tried to tie them with a rope. Bailey lunged and landed awkwardly on the stable floor. Covey fell upon him. From whence came the spirit, I don't know, Bailey wrote later. I resolved to fight. I seized Covey by the throat, and as I did so, I rose. He held on to me and I to him. Bailey's fingernails drew blood. Covey frantically called for help. His cousin rushed in and pulled Bailey's hands away, attempting to tie them. The slave dropped this new attacker with a powerful kick and sprang back at Covey. Hands at each other's throats, the two staggered into the barnyard, where two slaves appeared. Covey demanded their help, but both walked away. At last, exhausted, the slave-breaker and the slave released their grips and stood back to take stock of one another. Covey said that that should teach Bailey a lesson. It did, but not the one Covey intended. This battle with Mr. Covey was the turning point in my career as a slave, he said. It revived within me a sense of my own manhood. My long-crushed spirit rose. Cowardice departed. Bold defiance took its place. The day had passed forever when I could be a slave, in fact. The young slave had indeed become a man. Four years later, Frederick Bailey ran away and joined the anti-slavery movement. He changed his name to Frederick Douglass, and in fiery speeches carried across the land the same rage against the evils of slavery that had exploded one hot August day on the floor of a barn near the town of St. Michael's.